As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari singing for Matt Humans today. I'm here with Wes Reynolds on the desk at the VEASAN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook. And we have lots of playoff action to talk about. I'm sure we'll get into some golf since we have Wes's great golf mind here as well and some great guests coming up today. So let's start with the Hawks at the 76ers tonight. Game two, the Hawks actually lead this series one to zero. This line opened with the Sixers as a five point favorite up to six now. So some money must be coming in on the Sixers. Total also moved up from two twenty. Up to 224 today. That one's starting at 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. Game one, Trey Young was great, put up 35 points, even though Joel is dealing with his possible small tear in the knee. Uh, he's also put up 39 points, but is listed as questionable for tonight. How do you think tonight's game's going to play out? Yeah, he's going to go. I think maybe yeah. if they lo- if they won game one, maybe they could have did a minutes restriction with him a little bit, but he's got to go here now down one nothing and having lost essentially the home court advantage with Atlanta winning in game one. So no surprise on the zigzag that Philadelphia is really taking the money here. And it really wasn't Joel Embiid not being effective in game one. He had 39 points, nine rebounds. I believe he was plus 13 on the plus minus. So he absolutely did his part, but the other guys really didn't do their part defensively. So that's why they're in the one Oh hole. So no surprise here. I'm not necessarily going to lay the spread here. This might be something where I do a little money line parlay, maybe mix the Sixers money line with a smaller baseball favorite, try to get plus money out of it. That's probably the way I'm going to attack it here. I do think this 
is a good bounce back spot for Philadelphia, but mm-hmm. it's already, of course, been priced into the market. You're seeing basically six in the market right now, but there's also some six and a halves at some notable faraway places. So mm-hmm. sixers are going to get the support. So look, if this goes to seven, I don't think it's going to get there. It might get there at one or two shops, kind of one or two rogue numbers out there. If this gets to seven, you'll see a buyback, I think, on the Atlanta Hawks here. Just, you know, value shopping because I think seven is a key number in the NBA. So that's what I think you're probably going to see. Of course, the series price now about 140 minus 140 in the market on Philadelphia take back on Atlanta plus 120. And that sounds about right to me. So I'm not going to necessarily do a side or a total bet. I may, like I said, put in Philadelphia in the money line parlay with the smaller baseball favorite, but we'll talk about props. I think there's a couple attractive ones on the Philadelphia side. Now you mentioned seven. I know you're talking about the spread here, but games, how many games do you see this series going to right now? You can bet total games played these numbers on DraftKings. over six and a half games is plus one ninety. Yeah. I initially liked at that first glance before the series started, I initially liked Philadelphia in six games here. I thought that this was going to be a little bit of a step up mm-hmm. for Atlanta because I think they basically won that Knicks series because they had some playoff experience being right. in the playoffs last year. And the Knicks uh, very new to the playoffs although they had a very good season and Tom Thibodeau congratulations to him on winning coach of the year and some of our our blokes here at VSIN who did cash that ticket Mitch Moss and Paul Howard were all over that so good for them but I I still think Philadelphia is going to win the series it may go seven now at this standpoint you're always concerned with Embiid's health going forward but I think at this point you kind of got to just gut it out and take the day off to recuperate and rest Mm -hmm. I I, I don't think they can afford to sit him now really and I think he knows that no he doesn't and and he played (laughs) terrific I thought so the, the result, I think, that is the most likely right now would be what's kind of the chalk, even though you're still right. getting plus money here early in game one at plus 340 via DraftKings, looking mm-hmm. at that price there. Sixers and seven sounds about right to me. The other game going on tonight in the Western Conference, Clippers and Jazz. Jazz three-point favorites here, total sitting around 220 and a half. Consensus, minus three and a half was the line yesterday. It opened at minus four and a half, so maybe seeing some money back in the Clippers. Jazz obviously had the NBA's best record this season, but neither team has won a championship before. Actually, of the eight remaining teams, five haven't even won a championship. I believe four of them on the Western Conference side. Uh, game one, Clippers-Jazz, which side do you like more? Yeah, and the Clippers are getting the money here largely because Mike Conley's not going to be able to to go tonight so Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell gonna have to run the point Joe Ingles will be in the two guard spot so I do like the Clippers in the series but I kind of like the Jazz in the small money line in game one because if you look historically in terms of teams that come off a game seven win usually when they go to game one in the following series they're about 40 percent straight up so a 60 percent proposition if you're playing the percentage on the Utah Jazz tonight money line getting a little bit cheap here at minus 150 minus 155. Uh, total, what are you thinking about this one over or under for tonight? Small lean to the under, but I have not played it as of yet. Okay. Well, we obviously have a lot more to dive into with this coming up on My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari sitting in for Matt Humans. You can find him on Follow the Money Tuesday through Friday this week. I also have Wes Reynolds on the desk with me here in the VSIN studio at the South Point Sportsbook uh, studio, rather. We have a great lineup of guests. As always on Tuesday, we are joined by Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook Director. And later on in the show, we'll have some NHL talk with Dan Rosen, senior NHL writer. Uh, so I know that Wes will probably have some great questions for him regarding all of this NHL playoff action. We were just kind of breaking out a little bit of tonight's NBA playoff games. Let's look back at the Hawks and 76ers, 7.30 p.m. Eastern start here. Game two. I think a lot of us were surprised to see the Hawks take the first game, but maybe not with everything going on with the question marks around Joel Embiid's injury. Right, and I think the Hawks kind of considered the fact that they were playing with house money here, mm-hmm. that a lot of people didn't expect them. They were a very small favorite in that first round series, but if you listen to the mainstream media, they were all about the Knicks. It's like, oh my God, we have relevant basketball at Madison Square Garden for the first time in many years. So they were all about the Knicks train. And I think Atlanta took a little bit of inspiration from that. And the fact that, hey, nobody's uh, ca- there. Everybody's counting us out. They've been one of the better teams in the league since Nate McMillan really took over on March 1st after Lloyd Pierce got shown the door. So Atlanta has been very capable. Trey Young, I think, really carried them in that first round series. But what you saw in game one is that Bogdanovich really stepped up. He was right. good in April in the regular season. And then I think he only averaged about 13 and a half points in that Knicks series. So they need somebody else to step up and make some three-point shots. And he absolutely did that in game one. Well, you mentioned the series line on this now. We're seeing the 76ers is a minus 120-ish favorite. Are you seeing any value here? I know that you have a 76ers to win the East ticket. I have a ticket as well. Are we feeling like that's a lost cause now because we're not sure what's going to happen with Joel or we still have a little bit of faith? Not necessarily. I think Brooklyn now, based on last night, is kind of establishing themselves as the rightful favorite in the Eastern Conference. So I'm not necessarily going to go back for seconds here and bet the series (laughs) price, at least at this standpoint. Do think this is a good bounce back for Philly tonight. I'm hoping that last night was more of the Bucks being terrible than the Nets being that good, but yes, they did look It might have been a little bit of both uh, after what I saw last evening. At what point in that game did you uh, think, wow, what is going on with this Bucks team? Because uh, it just kept getting worse each quarter. Pretty much from the get-go. <laughs> uh, the, the Nets got out uh, very early on, and the Bucks look, you had all that closing line value if you bet them at plus two, and they close it to, as two-point favorites in some places, but sometimes you want to beat the number. That's the name of the game here with closing line value, but sometimes all that closing line value means absolutely nothing if you're not cashing a ticket. Now, something else obviously went down last night besides that brutal beatdown with the Nets and the Bucks. Coach of the Year was announced. Tom Thibodeau won from the Knicks. Uh, this is the second NBA Coach of the Year award for him. He earned the honor in 2010-11 with the Chicago Bulls in his first season as their head coach. He's the first person to be named NBA Coach of the Year in his first season as head coach with two different franchises. Um, with that in mind, let's bring in Johnny Avello because I know that this was a market that a lot of people put some bets in on, and some people probably had Monty as well. So let's welcome in Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sports. Sportsbook Director. Johnny, thanks so much for joining us. You are so welcome. Uh, Good seeing you guys again. So, Johnny, tell me about this Coach of the Year prop and how that handle went down for you guys. I know it was kind of a tight race between Monty and and Coach Tibbs here. So how did that play out for you guys? Thibodeau had money. Uh, You know, the Knicks had money all year long um, from the beginning of the season. And when they had a decent start of 500, uh, they were bet. The coach was bet. So uh, that was a good result for the players. 
John, let's flip over to tonight's card. We do mm-hmm. have the Philadelphia 76ers, now six and a half at your store at DraftKings. Some sixes still in the market. Looks like it's a lot of zigzag, and that's what we get really with NBA playoff betting. Philadelphia now laying the number here. Didn't get it done in game one, but betters look like they like them on the bounce back to even this up going back to ATL. They love them tonight, Wes, and they love the over too. Uh, Somebody asked me earlier in the day, they said, how come the Sixers opened up two and a half and went to four in game one? Mm -hmm. And now in game two, you have them higher because they lost. (laughs) Well, we know what the betters are going to do with this game. Uh, We opened this game up four and a half. We're up to six and a half. Uh, 75% 75% of the money is on Philly tonight. On the money, uh, actually more than that on the spread, on the money line, 75%. The total, can't find a bet on the under. Uh, why not? When you looked at last game, the lowest scoring quarter was 54 points. The fourth quarter had 70 points. Yeah, uh, You know, when you look at the last game, I think that's the only way you can bet the game. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I have to know how big of a win was it for you guys, that game one Hawks and 76ers? Very good game for us. Um, And, you know, they're also on that side in the series. So it gives us some uh, room to maneuver uh, that price also. Uh, It's the only one game so far. So we got a long way to go, Danielle. John Clippers Jazz, the second of two games this evening, game one of the Western Conference semifinals. And we've seen a little bit of movement to the Clippers here. Is that basically largely on the Michael Conley news, the fact that he is not going to go tonight? You know, the move, it was based on where the numbers should be uh, without him. But the money is, you know, the the money's still coming in. Uh, but we're still... We're heavy on the Jazz. We're heavy on the Jazz money line and the over. Uh, pretty much, it's the same story as it is in the Hawks Sixers game. Seeing a lot of over money. I bet they're both equally unbalanced. The two totals tonight. John, uh, one more on that. Now that the Clippers kind of got their scare in the first round, having to win in seven games over the very game Dallas Mavericks. Are people still believing in the Clippers or have betters kind of lost faith on them in terms of like a future standpoint or a series price standpoint? Obviously, Phoenix looked great last night against Denver in game one. Or are the Clippers still kind of like the the, the team of choice, I guess, at DraftKings to go ahead and come out of the West now that the Lakers are gone? And you've got some unproven teams really still left here in the draw. I think we all knew going into this, and we talked about it, that the West was going to be very, very tough. Uh, And so, yeah, we've had some Clipper money. We've had some Clipper money all year long. And, uh, you know, the Clippers are a five-to-one choice. But the Jazz are grabbing their share of the money, too, as they're seven-to-two. Our hazards still lie with two teams, the Brooklyn Nets. uh, At plus 110, and the Atlanta Hawks are 25-to-one because – we took some big bets from one gentleman on on that team to win uh, not only the East but to win the uh, the entire NBA championship. Uh, having the Lakers out of there that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that was certainly one of the hazards, but there's still more in our way. I was going to ask you with the Lakers out and not in the mix with the Western Conference anymore. Uh, where are your biggest liabilities for the NBA title? Obviously, the Nets. I'm assuming are one of them. Nets are one of them, Clippers are one of them, and uh, Hawks are one of them. Now, you can't have liability on everybody else. You're doing a really poor job of uh, bookmaking. (laughs) So, you know, your liabilities are spread out. They're like one of better bets. You know, your best bet's a five, and your 
uh, and your weakest bet to one, well, that's, you know, our liabilities kind of spread out that way. So uh, we're, we're, in, we're in okay shape now. The Nets are still getting hit on a, on a daily basis to win it all. So that's, that's really where it lies for us. John, any takers on the Milwaukee Bucks after what we saw last night with that 40-point blowout by the Brooklyn Nets? I'm seeing series prices kind of in the market right now at 350 to 375-ish, basically the market average. Any faith in Milwaukee, or is this just going to be one-way traffic for the rest of the series? Uh, yeah, this is only one-way traffic because uh, the answer to that question is zero, Wes. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think anybody's interested right now. And with all that money that's lying on the futures with the Nets. Uh, I don't even think anybody wants to e- look at even, uh, you know, a arbitrage situation. Right. They're just they're just letting it go one way. It's like, come bet us, please. Uh, we're putting 14 to 1 out there on the NBA championship. We're going to be putting close to $4 on the series. Come bring your Bucks money, please, at DraftKings. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, you- but uh, the Bucks 14 to 1 sure looked attract, uh, attractive before. Not so much right now, but we'll, you know, we'll see another game and one more game, and they're, they're going to be 30 to 1 after the next game if they lose it. Yeah, well, if you're a Bucks believer, then maybe that's what you're looking for. <laughs> maybe they'll come back after that. Uh, I have to believe you're getting a lot of action on this NBA playoffs, but I want to ask you about the NHL playoffs as well. Um, how has the handle been for the NHL playoffs so far? Uh, it's been spectacular, especially on the night series. You know, we're not. We have no bias in Las Vegas, so uh, the the Knights, uh, you know, aren't the attractive team to our betters, but that series is. Uh, we do have a presence in Colorado, and so we've taken some action certainly in, on the Avalanche in Colorado, but that series alone just has been handling a bunch of money. Now, on the East Coast, the Bruins and Islanders, another series that's been handling great money. So we're uh, no complaints on hockey for the playoffs. $1.80 now on the Bruins as the Islanders now have the 3-2 edge winning last night, 5-4. to four. Bruins plus 180. Look at them for the game at uh, tomorrow night at DraftKings. Currently minus 129. Take back on the Isles plus 111. Are you getting still some faith in the Bruins who were favored in the series? I know you've got your big presence in New Jersey and in the Northeast. So are you starting to get maybe some guys doing a little ARB here, now taking the Bruins at plus money if they have the Islanders plus money or just kind of hedging off some futures? I know Bruins were a very popular future, including some of my money. Uh, The Bruins actually had more money on them before the series started. Uh, and so that's when I look at the series, it's fairly balanced out. Uh, just a tad high on the Bruins overall. Uh, number of bets a little more, you know, more a little more significant uh, significance in bets on the Bruins. So um, yeah, that's I, I think the Bruins are going to get hit pretty hard tomorrow night. That's going to be another one of the do games. Yeah, that plus 180 looks exciting to me, especially I want to get back on the Bruins. And that's what I would recommend if people are doing that. This was a very similar scenario to what we saw in the NBA playoffs last Friday when we were talking about the Clippers getting plus 140 Mm -hmm. at Dallas, where it's like, you know what? You got to take a chance here. You may lose that bet, and then you're done. Then you got to move on. But if you get plus 140 at home, essentially, if you're betting that Clippers series price, same thing with the Bruins here. If you're getting plus 170, plus 180, just go ahead and take it with that, and then you got some equity and then that gives you some options I think guys where you can kind of hedge out and arb arb a little bit take the plus money on both sides and at least earn or you can hedge obviously no point spread in the NHL so you can't really try to middle here Uh, I agree with you sometimes it's best 
you know, you you play, uh, you can play a game at a time. You can play a series uh, anticipating, you know, what may happen for the rest of the series. There's a lot of ways, a lot of, a lot of different angles to play if you do like a side. Something else coming up in a few weeks here that I'm sure uh, West has some interest in, uh, the U.S. Open. Have you guys started to take some action on that? And if so, which golfers are you seeing get the most action? Yeah, uh, you know, I think we're a lot of uh, golf bettors are going to point to the U.S. Open a week ahead of time with mm -hmm. this tournament that's coming up this week. Mm -hmm. uh, this Palmetto tournament doesn't have all the you know top players in it. And for me personally, I really couldn't get a good handle on it either because, uh, you know, it has no past performances, don't know the course that well. Uh, and so, therefore, there may be some taking a pass. Uh, as far as the U.S. Open is concerned, John Rahm, who, was, uh, who we did pay as a winning golfer last week, but is not in the, not in the books as the winner, uh, he has been taking quite a bit of money in this tournament after his Fabulous performance through three rounds last week. Um, and there's some other guys. And, you know, with, with this type of field, you, you go all the way back to guys like Justin Rose, 40 to 1. People like to take a shot on a guy like that. You got Mickelson at 50. Of course, after his win, we took quite a bit of money leading up to this tournament. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, the, I, I think we'll probably take more money on the U.S. Open during this week than we would uh, have normally taken. And, John, I did want to ask you about that. Of course, DraftKings, like a couple of the competitors in the market, did right. elect to pay out John Rahm futures and some props or at least give refunds. And in terms of that, because you've been on the other side here in Las Vegas where you were at Win Las Vegas for many years, and most of these single independent shops in Las Vegas, pretty much all of them, did not elect to pay these out because obviously house rules. It's treated like an injury, okay? It's no different than like a shoulder or knee injury. Hey, it's a tough break. He had to go out of the tournament, but the winner of the tournament was Patrick Cantlay and not John Rahm. DraftKings did elect to go ahead and pay out the, the Rahm tickets. Is it just kind of, and maybe you can give a little more of a description of this, Johnny, where it's kind of a different business now. Even though you offer the same things, point spreads, totals, and you're a sports book, it's kind of different now in terms of just the market where you guys are almost competing in like a different market, maybe necessarily than these solo Vegas shops. You know, Wes, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't always agree with our, some of the payouts that we decide mm -hmm. to make. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll make a payoff on something that I don't believe is worthy of the payoff. In this particular spot, I agreed with the team that we should have paid out on Rom. He had a six-stroke six lead. Uh, chances are he was not going to lose this tournament. I mean, he would have had just a total collapse to, to lose it. So in this particular case, I feel we made the right call. But... You know, some of the stuff we do, I, I, you know, you guys may shake your head and say, boy, that, that was nice of them. But I shake my head saying, are we nuts? I'm just so used to the old school. And I think you are, John, where it's like, you know what? Tough beat. We feel for you. But we're not paying you the money here because we know being golf betters and golf fans, even though a six shot lead seems insurmountable, not necessarily so. We've seen bigger collapses. Right. Yeah, we like to keep the customers happy. Let's put it that right. way. <laughs> it's so, it's and, and right. It's customer service business. And happy means they continue to come back to DraftKings right. in debt.
Well, uh, we know it was a controversial issue, so I know that those betters are happy at your book, definitely, for getting paid out. And uh, never controversial, though, to have Johnny available on with us Tuesday. So thanks so much for joining us, Johnny. You're welcome, guys. Thanks, John. I know that uh, they were pretty pretty split on that decision. So. Yeah, I'm not exactly for it. I'm not going to begrudge any better who got paid out. Good sure. for you. I'm always going to be pro better. But if it were me running the book, it would have been no payout. All right, MLB coming up next on My Guys in the Desert. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. Daniel Alvari here with Wes Reynolds and some MLB power rankings updated uh, right now. And Wes, my question is, what jumps out to you most at these updated odds? What team has surprised you thus far? I guess you would have to say the San Francisco Giants, who, yeah. who were kind of under the radar last year and very competitive, but the pitching has been good, and it's really as a hobby has gotten these bargain basement pitchers, and they have pitched very well. Desclafani, mm-hmm. Aaron Sanchez, of course, they've had Johnny Cueto, Kevin Gaussman. So these were guys that were kind of like bargain basement pitchers, you know, not guys that are going to be big ticket contracts like a Trevor Bauer or somebody mm-hmm. like that, and they have absolutely maintained so far. We'll see if they can do it for the season. I know the Dodgers have had some injuries, having some guys in and out of the lineup. Obviously, that team is very loaded with talent, but you know, n- not going to roll over necessarily for these guys. Padres have obviously been very good. They're right up there at, what, three in the power ratings that I'm seeing courtesy of MLB.com. So they're probably the surprise. From the central perspective, I don't think the White Sox are a surprise. There was obviously a lot of cynicism for a guy in his mid-70s and Tony Larusa taking over for that team, but you know, some would argue maybe they're winning in spite of him, but I think really they, ju- they have a bad division and nobody has come up and challenged them. The Indians look like like it for a while, but they've kind of fallen off the pace a little bit, despite the fact that they've had some pretty decent pitching. They have not been really hitting consistently. The Minnesota Twins have absolutely been the disappointment of the NL Central. They were kind of the team people thought were going to challenge. Nobody really liked the Royals or the Tigers coming into this season, maybe to challenge, maybe to go over their season win total, but those win totals were in like the low 70s or in the high 60s in the Tigers' case. So not really a surprise there. I guess the surprise in terms of the current odds Mm -hmm. might be the Mets at minus 305. Right. Because just watching the Mets over the years, you always are concerned, not that they're pitching is not going to be good, but that their pitching is going to be injured. They have a tendency to wear out arms there in that New York organization. I know that the management has changed, not only in the clubhouse, but upstairs, but this is a Mets team that really sometimes wears out that pitching staff. And you always worry about like the Grimes health. And when, when Syndergaard finally comes back is can Marcus Stroman and Taiwan Walker, keep this up. So I kind of think the Mets are a little big there at minus 305. The Phillies were the sleeper team I like, but they look like maybe they're destined to be a 500 club. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, you're getting the Atlanta Braves, and I wonder when the temperatures are going to start to heat up here this month and into July and into August if those bats are going to get going. That is a hitter-friendly park down there, and they have a lot of good hitters, even though they have not really maintained that Mm -hmm. to start the season, except for Ronald Cooney Jr., who we expected was going to be an MVP candidate. But... The one I, I definitely would try to fade here in terms of a big favorite would be the New York Mets at 305. Obviously a New York team, so a market that gets a lot of money as well. A team that gets a lot of money, so you're seeing that minus 305. But we are seeing plus 325 this on DraftKings for the Braves. Any value there? I, I absolutely think so. They yeah. were really the favorite for the season. I know Matt Humans, uh usually on this program, really liked them going into the season. But right now they're kind of trickling around that 500 mark, just haven't been able to get over I think it's it's like they have been within one game of 500 and then they lose and then they win then they lose right now they're 28 and 29 they've got a series with the Phillies who are also trying to get over 500 at 28 and 30 Nola and Smiley the matchup down in uh, Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia tonight but the Braves might be a value here 
Uh, if I was trying to fade AL West, I have no idea. It looks like a coin flip between the A's and the Astros. Astros mm-hmm. smashed the left-handed pitching and kind of slapped the A's around early in the season. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Oakland has come back. Remember how bad that they were. I think, what were they, 0-7 to start the season or something like that. And now they're 35-26. and 26. So Mariners have been, I think, better than people projected. Obviously, the Angels dealing with that trout injury. Rangers, a total rebuild. They have fallen off the pace. So that's a two-team division. I don't think really any value either way in a coin flip situation what about in the al east it's interesting to see the yankees now in the odds behind the rays the rays plus 150 here and the yankees sitting at plus 215 for that division and i think that that's right i think the yankees right now they are fourth in that division i think Mm -hmm. right now they're the third best team them in toronto are kind of neck and neck but boston doesn't look like they're going anywhere and their pitching staff has been very good i think people thought boston after that hot start was going to fade a little bit they're 14 games over over 500 and just back of the rays you would expect that the yankees are going to make a move at the trade deadline they all always do maybe to get another bat so maybe a little bit of value but I would wait on the Yankees and see if you can get a little bit more here within the next month a team that also saw a lot of hype was the White Sox before the season now a minus 400 favorite to win I don't see anybody catching them in that division yeah all right well we have NHL playoffs going on as well we'll do that and more next on my guys in the desert We have a new feature on vcin.com. Every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at vcin.com. We're back in the vcin studio. Daniel Alvari and Wes Reynolds. I know we said we get to some NHL and we will in the next block we'll have Dan Rosen join us senior NHL writer but first let's take a look at some of these earlier MLB games uh one of them I believe you're on Wes is Braves and Phillies uh Drew Smiley versus Aaron Nola yeah I was looking at this and really Aaron Nola I think has been relatively consistent throughout the season but maybe some regression is coming here Drew Smiley by the way I think he's probably been one of the worst starting pitchers in Major League Baseball this season he's kind of trying to hang on to that fifth rotation spot with Atlanta they really don't have the depth they're very quality in terms of the top of the rotation with Freed and Ian Anderson but still trying to figure it out here in the back half of the rotation Drew Smiley by the way 598 on the ERA and 474 on the XFIP. So, you know, you're a little bit worried about backing him on the road. I did not back the side here, but where I'm going to be going is I'm going to be going with the total and probably going to go ahead and split it first five in game. If you look at the total, mm-hmm. still some eight and a halves juiced heavily to the over, but by and large, the market is nine, maybe with some f- small big due to the under, depending on where your store is. But I actually like the first five as well at over four and a half minus about a dollar 15 looks to be the market average. I think all of a sudden you you are going to see the Braves bats really start to emerge here in the summertime. They've been slow to get off the deck, but I think they're going to improve here. And I also don't like Drew Smiley on the road. He is just, 
he's he's getting hit very hard in terms of his hard hit rate. And then you, if you really want to get knee deep in the weeds, the barrel rate, I don't really usually get that deep in terms of baseball handicapping. But you're really not getting a guy that's getting a lot of guys out at the plate. The fielding independent pitching is a little bit better than the ERA, but not so much better. So these are two offenses that can at some point score runs and bunches. Uh, Philadelphia has been doing it a little bit more this season than the Braves, but I think Philadelphia hits lefties. Okay. They're about a little bit above league average. So I'm going to go with the over in the spot. And I'm hoping that it goes uh, over one run in the first inning. Cause I have a yes run first inning on this game. Uh, but a game I wanted to stay away from, also going on early, Mets and Orioles, 7.05 p.m. Eastern, David Peterson versus Bruce Zimmerman. I caught the end of betting across America, and I know Josh Applebaum liked the Orioles tonight. It was one of his uh, his gross plays, though. Yeah, it is a reverse line movement. It is a very curious movement, which may keep me out of the game, because I kind of think if you look at the upside and the metrics here on these two pitchers, there's certainly more of an upside on David Peterson for the New York Mets, being that he's 589 on the ERA, but he's only three. 70 on the fielding independent pitching. So usually when you see that kind of discrepancy, Danielle, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some positive regression coming from a pitcher. And when you really look at Bruce Zimmerman, he got optioned the triple a in May 4th, and then they called him back a couple weeks later. So he did settle in. He's only allowed two runs or fewer in three of his last four starts. He is a fastball pitcher, but his fastball has been getting hit right back at him. So he needs to maybe stick with some more of his off speed stuff, his slider and his curveball because his fastball is very hittable. So he's got to stay away from that, even from a Mets team right now that is very shorthanded in terms of the mm-hmm. lineup. I mean, we were talking about it this weekend, myself and Dave Ross, who was in for Brady on the green zone. Mm-hmm. Dave Ross is a big Mets fan. And, and we were just laughing. It's like Billy McKinney got DFA'd a couple weeks ago from the Brewers, and now he's hitting leadoff for this team and actually producing. So it's been amazing that these backups essentially for the New York Mets have been producing. So I initially lean to the Mets here, but I'm probably going to stay out of it. Market certainly likes the Orioles here in this spot. Right. You're talking about that reverse line movement. It actually goes really well with what we were talking about at the start of this block, which is those betting splits. So you can find those on VSIN and kind of see if there is any steam or action uh, going one direction or the other. And that can kind of help you gauge maybe where the smart money as they call it, might be. Uh, we also have Nationals at Rays going on, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. John Lester versus Tyler Glass now, ace on the mound. Yeah, and this has been obviously bet or adjusted accordingly toward the Tampa Bay side. John Lester been very shaky this year, but mm-hmm. I'm a little more interested in the total here at 7.5. Ray's offense kind of tends to disappear at home a little bit Hmm. uh, with with this team. And Tyler Glasnow, I believe, uh, trying to see how many starts he's made. He has only had 28 runs of support this year in his home starts Hmm. has Tyler Glasnow. So that's what you're worried about because he's made several starts at home, just not getting a lot of runs. But they're and Tampa Bay also not the best offense against left-handed pitching. So sometimes you see this Tampa Bay team really struggle to score runs at home. And what I was saying about Glasnow, he has 28 runs of support in his home starts, only averaging about 3.75 runs a game. Nats average about four and a third on the road necessarily. Mm-hmm. So. 
I didn't really want to go with the total because John Lester, his numbers just aren't very good. Really, when you look first time through the order, his ERA is about six and a half. He is actually better the second and third time throughout the order, but you need to get that down or you're not going to stay in the game very long, and this is going to be like a three and a third or three and two-thirds inning start, and obviously the Washington Nationals don't want that against Glasnow, so I'm going to look to the under here at seven and a half. Is that performance for the Rays related at all to playing at their home ballpark? Could be. I mean, they, they've hit the well there in the past, but they just have not been able to get runs. There have been a lot of low-scoring games at home with Tampa Bay. And look, uh, they hit the ball hard, but they don't get a lot of results, really, mm. with Tampa Bay. They've got uh, three players right now with double-digit home runs, and only one of them is actually batting better than 200. That's Austin Meadows. Mm. So Tampa Bay's offense been very inconsistent at the drop. All right, I marked that as a no-run first inning. Let's hope that comes home. We also have Astros and Red Sox at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll have Framber Valdez facing off against Martin Perez. And two guys that had success against their opponents their last time out on June 2nd. Valdez went seven innings pitched, only allowed one hit on five runs, struck out 10. Martin Perez also threw seven and two-thirds shutout innings against the Astros last time out. But... The Astros are a team that absolutely smash left-handed pitching. They're second in Major League Baseball. The White Sox, the only team better. And now they're getting kind of a middle-of-the-road type of left-handed pitcher with Martin Perez. Astros only striking out against lefties about 16% of the time. That's one of the best in the bigs. And you've really got a lineup that's loaded that kill lefties really throughout their entire career. Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Gurriel. These are very good batters against left-handed pitching. So you've seen this total rise up to 10 I think that's appropriate. I know the Astros have taken the money. I still like it at 120 or less, so give me the Houston Astros. Yeah, well, this these are both teams, actually, that I like to bet yes runs first innings on because they have a great starting mm-hmm. lineup, and you see that a lot. Uh, so, obviously, more baseball to get into a little bit later on, but we have NHL coming up uh, with our NHL guest, Dan Rosen, senior writer at NHL. The Golden Knights and the Avalanche face off again tonight. Series all tied up. That and more on My Guys in the Desert. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. I'm Danielle Avari here in the VEASAN studio with Wes Reynolds. And we get to bring in an NHL guest now, just in the nick of time, because we have two Game 5s going on tonight. Please welcome into the show Dan Rosen, senior writer at NHL.com. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. So as I mentioned, two game fives going on tonight. Lightning at Hurricanes, 6.30 p.m. Eastern for that. And Golden Knights at Avalanche. This Lightning and Hurricanes game could be the end of the series here if the, Lightning's, uh, the Lightning can lock it up. I know you just put out another article on NHL.com. You were talking about some of the questions that the Hurricanes have to answer uh, before they can try to get back in this series, including injuries and, and who they're going to have starting at goalie. Yeah, and we should be finding that out shortly here because that's a 6.30 p.m. Eastern time start. So we're talking 45 minutes and warm-ups, pregame warm-ups get underway probably about 15 or 20 minutes from right now. Uh, but it's questions for them because Rod Brindamore, their coach, didn't want to reveal who the goalie's going to be. I'd be shocked if it's not Alex Ndelkovic, the rookie who started games one and two, both of them 2-1 losses. He was good. It wasn't his fault. They lost the game, so they decided they wanted to change things up. And that's why they put in Peter Mrazek. And Mrazek was good in game three. He made 35 saves. They won the game three to two in overtime. But he was not good in game four. That was a 6-4 loss. The Canes blew a 4-2 to two lead. The power play for the Lightning was dynamic. Uh, kept getting chances and finally cashed in three times in a row. And Mrazek just wasn't very good. So I'd be shocked if it wasn't in Delkovich, but you never know. 
And then the other questions, are, and they're big ones for Carolina. Can Nino Niederreiter and Vincent Trocek, two of their top nine, top six forwards, really, can they play? Uh, Niederreiter hasn't played yet in this series uh, because of a, uh, a lower body injury, and Trocek has not played in this series. I'm sorry, Trocek's been out the last two games because of a lower body, and Nino hasn't played yet in the series because of an upper body injury. Both of them can score goals, generate offense. They're going to need it. Uh, they're hopeful to play. They'll skate in warm-ups. We'll find out. Dan, when we saw in game four on Saturday between these two teams, kind of a pedestrian first period, and then the second period all hell broke loose uh, between these two teams, <laughs> four goals apiece. But Carolina did get that two-goal lead, and then all of a sudden it was gone like that. And you mentioned the power play, Tampa Bay 41% in the playoffs. And this is a Carolina team that really, when you combine that power play percentage and that PK percentage, they've been the best in the league all year. What is going wrong? Is it basically just that, okay, Okay, Tampa's got Kucherov back and Stamkos healthy, and that's pretty much the storyline here. Well, it is, but it actually goes deeper than that because I definitely thought earlier in this series, games one, two, you know, um, trying to remember exactly, but you know, I mean, I definitely did think earlier in this series that it was an effective penalty kill for the Carolina Hurricanes. They were good on it. Uh, but then what happened was, and, and the reason they were good on it, I thought, was because they were aggressive. They were, they were breaking plays up in the neutral zone. They were not letting the Lightning get into the zone and set up. And we, we know that the Lightning are just so dangerous when they can get into the zone and set up. It was one for five in the first three, two games. But even that one wasn't really a set-up power play goal. It was a deflection just. Victor Hedman saying, I'm just going to fire the puck here because we can't get anything going. And Braden Point had to stick in the right spot, and it was a goal. But then what happened was the Lightning adjusted. And they, they, acted, they, they went quicker, they moved the puck quicker, uh, and they played low to high sometimes. And that kind of made the Hurricanes have to sit back a little bit because they couldn't attack as aggressively because the puck was moving very quickly and it got, it allowed Tampa to get set up. And when Tampa gets set up, it's so dangerous. They set up the one timer on the left circle or the right circle and they hit it so often. They're about 45% on their one timers on the power play. They're really good uh, in that department. And when they can get it set up, it's, it's lethal. And if they can't get the one timer, Maybe they pass up on it and Braden points open in the slot. It's, it's so dangerous in that way. But the reason that it was tougher for them earlier in the series is because Carolina was aggressive. Carolina's got to make an adjustment here to get back to being aggressive. Stop the breakouts. Don't sit back. Uh, just attack, uh, and we'll see if they can stop the power play that way. The other way, of course, is just stay out of the penalty box because they had three kills in a row in the first period plus of game five. I'm sorry, I've gained four, and then just kept going to the box, and eventually, you know, Tampa Bay just cashed in after that. Now, Dan, I know these are two teams, obviously, with high-powered offense, as you're talking about. The Canes have to be a little bit more aggressive. With that in mind, it's a game five. Are you expecting to see kind of a high-scoring affair here? Because I see the total sitting at five and a half. The under is way more popular, juiced to minus 130. Yeah. So are you expecting to see a lot of goals out of these teams tonight? I'm not. I think this is going to be more along the lines of what we saw in the first three games of the series. You know, a couple of 2-1 wins for Tampa and a 3-2 to two overtime win for Carolina. I thought that second period was more aberration than it was the norm for the way these two teams have played this series. And, and I expect it to get back to, to low-scoring, 
you know, tight checking hockey in that sense. And then special teams becomes that much more vitally important because there's been in the first three games of the series, there's just so little space to operate because the defenses were so tight and then special teams can make a difference in that sense. And I think that's what you'll end up seeing again tonight. Dan, you mentioned how Carolina needs to stay out of the penalty box. One team that has been staying out of the penalty box after game two are the Vegas Golden Knights, who really pretty much, I thought, lost game two because they didn't stay out of the box. It looked like they had kind of controlled more of the action after that lopsided game one coming off a seven-game series against Minnesota. But you could really make an argument, I guess, that the Vegas Golden Knights have outplayed Colorado the last three games, and it's now 2-2 going back to Ball Arena tonight in Denver for game five. Colorado, I believe, in game two got as high as like a 195 favorite. Now you're seeing them as low as 140 in the market here. Mm-hmm. So it kind of seems like you wonder if this is a buy low spot on the avalanche or has the momentum just totally shifted in this series? Well, the momentum has totally shifted in this series. That game one was very much Colorado rested Vegas 48 hours after playing a game seven against Minnesota and had to fly to Colorado and make this happen. And, you know, and, and it was tough. Plus they had Robin Lehner in really tough spot for Robin Lehner to come in. Hadn't played at all in the wild series and Colorado was just waiting for him and, and ready to pounce. And they did seven to one game two. You saw it a little harder for Colorado and it was a 41 to 25 shot differential. And that was, the start of what has become a trend now. 41-25, Vegas outshoots Colorado in game two, loses three to two. 43 to 20, they outshoot him in game three, they win three to two. 35 to 18, they outshoot him in game four, and they win it five to one. It's been very difficult lately for Colorado to get anything going offensively. And the reason for that, in my mind, is that Chandler Stevenson and his line with Vegas has been able to shut down Nathan McKinnon and his line with Colorado. It's been tough. They haven't gotten the matchups that they wanted the avalanche. They, it's harder to get when you're not the home team and they weren't the last, you know, two games. So uh, let's see if that script flips a little bit tonight with Colorado back home, but they really didn't get the matchups they wanted in game two either. And it's just that they were able to win that game even though they were outplayed. So this is a trend now in the series, but Colorado's got a bucket. They're going to be down three to two. The Avalanche minus 148 on the series line right now. The Golden Knights plus 120. So just a little bit of value there if you think that this is going to continue for them. I do want to make sure we have time to ask you about the Islanders and the Bruins, too. After last night's game, they took a 3-2 to two series lead, a 5-4 to four win. So many goals scored. My gosh. Uh, the Islanders right. minus 225 on the series line. Now, Bruins plus 180. Any value here on the Bruins, or who do you think is going to take this series? Well, here's the thing with the Bruins. It's harder to, to me to, to predict what's going to happen here uh, in game six tomorrow night at Nassau Coliseum because Tuka Rask is questionable to play. He, he had to get pulled out of game, uh, the late game last night, game five. He allowed four goals on 16 shots, but Bruce Cassidy, the coach, said that he wasn't sh- it was a maintenance issue. He wasn't 100%. And then today he said he's questionable. I think he plays. But how healthy is Tuka Rask, right? So that's number one. And number two, what we saw, obviously, was the Islanders getting some power plays in game four, game five and cashing in. They went three for four. Big reason, Kevin Miller and Brandon Carlo, two defensemen who play a lot on the PK for the Bruins, were not playing. If they're not going to play game six, 
and the power play for the Islanders gets uh, gets going early. That could be a real dangerous thing for the Bruins. So a couple of question marks there that, that that really you know hesitate make me hesitate a little bit on Boston. But then again, let's not forget the Bruins are a championship team. They have players who know how to play in these types of situations. The goalie Rask is a gamer and he's one of the best in the league at doing that. So I'm not counting them out, but they got a lot of things trending against them right now. That's not making me feel great about my Bruins future ticket. <laughs> Nor mine, because I'm right there on it with you. But uh, look, like Dan said, championship team here. Obviously, yep. they know what they're going to get out of Barry Trotz, a very physical bunch. Yeah. Well, one last quick thought here. Uh, what do you think of these Canadians? Where did they come from? I did not see this team during the regular season. You know what? Here's the thing. At the start of the regular season, I thought the Canadians were the best team in the division. I thought they were built to win. I, I really did. I thought they were big, snarly on the back end, great goaltending, big physical forwards. Uh, even their smaller forwards could really grind on you, like a Brendan Gallagher, right? Mm-hmm. Paul Byron. But they struggled. They did. And so I kind of lost faith in them. And then they're down 3-1 to one against Toronto, and, and they blow a 3 to nothing lead, too, in, game, in that, you know, in game five, and you're like, oh, boy, you know, yeah. forget about this. And, and here they are. They haven't trailed since. Yeah, like, it's, it's fun it, to keep track of at in, this point. <laughs> they haven't trailed in seven straight games. Like, it, their second it, – it, one more game where they don't trail, they'll have the record, the NHL record. Wow. For, for longest that they haven't trailed. Well, they'll uh, – uh, You know, in the playoffs. They'll so, be taking on winner it, of uh, VGK and Avalanche. Dan, yeah. I need to cut you off. Your, your wealth of knowledge. We're so grateful you joined us. Uh, but we do uh, have to let you go. So thanks so much for joining us. All right. NBA playoffs coming up and more in the second hour of My Guys in the Desert. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.